Hello, and welcome to another episode of CompuGen's podcast. My name is Adrian Veneziano, and you probably know me from my Ask Adrian videos. I'm excited to host a series of podcasts on the future of education, specifically covering what I am most passionate about, technology-infused teaching and learning for better student-centered learning outcomes. But more importantly, what most people who are part of the industry or have scholars within the education system are highly interested in. And that is, how will teaching and learning look and feel for all individuals following a pandemic? Popcast instead of podcast. If you were wondering, it is simply because we at CompuGen believe in the power of possible, P-O-P, in all we do, hence our name. In this episode within the series on the future of education, we continue our discussion with educational industry experts. Dwayne Matthews, innovation evangelist and future of education strategist. Alka Walsh, national learning and skills lead at Microsoft Canada. Willa Black, vice president of corporate affairs at Cisco. And Matthias Matthias, global education strategist at HP Inc. So sit back, or enjoy a walk, or maybe even your daily workout, as I bring you insights on the topic of creating safe and secure learning environments for educators, scholars, and educational ecosystems. So the shift to online learning and hybrid learning has become the chosen and sometimes mandated method of instruction this past year. When you think of online and hybrid learning and keeping our educators and scholars safe and secure, what is the top concern and has it been successfully addressed in your professional opinion? So Elka, we're going to start off with you. I put you on the spot again. <laughs> great, great. Super happy to kick this one off because, you know, I, when I think about safe and secure learning environments, um, it's the starting place. Um, we know that stress brains don't learn. Um, you know, it makes that learning journey that much more difficult. So really important when we think about safe and secure classrooms, and, and I think, you know, I'm going to run this through all of my, my comment here is, it starts with well-being and it starts with relationships. Um, part of that then, when we think about those student um, and teacher connections and those relationships and, and how we can invest in the well-being of our students, um, you know, there is also the opportunity then to think about, you know, digital citizenship. And when we look at the data around cybersecurity, it is not hackers trying to hack into our systems. We often think that safe and secure is about our IT departments um, deploying cybersecurity uh, methodologies. Absolutely, that's important. But it also is about the digital citizenship, helping our students and our teachers understand how they can contribute to creating that cybersecure environment and then that means they can then focus on the classroom management techniques. And we, Microsoft, we've gone and published a whole ton of resources around, you know, digital environment and classroom management techniques um, so that they can keep their team's environments safe and secure, focused on the learning. Um, and then that means then 
that fundamentally they can get back to that relationship with their students, focusing on mental health and well-being, and then focusing on that development of their skill sets. Um, so really, when I think about the opportunity around safe and secure, it's that ecosystem approach to really keeping our teachers and students safe and the role they play as digital, digital citizens in that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Willa? Yeah, that was a, a wonderful summary, and, and I'll just build on it a little bit. Um, when we first started working in, in classrooms in the remote north, we realized very quickly that we were going to have to do more than just deliver the ABCs and the one, two, threes, that we really needed to focus on the whole child and, and really um, focus on building resilience in, in those kids. And so we were working with a lot of wonderful um, uh, supporters and, and resources. We, we built the Connected North Mental Health and Wellbeing Framework. And which really got at a definition of what well-being looks like uh, in Indigenous communities, and we identified seven different triggers of well-being. Um, you know, sense of hope for the future, food and nutrition, relationship with peers, et cetera, et cetera. And we grouped all of the content under those sessions, and and now we deliver um, really meaningful uh, well-being uh, curricula digitally into these classrooms. Uh, we were very proud. I'll just say very quickly, a quick plug. Uh, we were named the 2020, 2020 Humanitarian of the Year by the Canadian Psychological Association for that work. So that was really remarkable. But two points I will make. You need to make sure that when you're delivering that kind of content, you know, exactly to, to the point that was just made, um, you need to make sure that your, your technology is safe and secure, that you're not going to, you know, have service interruptions or any kind of interference that is, is going to at all question the safety and security of that overall environment. And um, you know, the digital natives, you know, and I being good digital citizens, I, I could not agree more. Um, what we're finding is that as technology becomes more available in the classroom, in our northern classrooms, as students and teachers become more used to it, they are also increasingly aware of their responsibility uh, in maintaining a healthy technology and, and content environment. And I think that um, I think that we're we're starting to see some some very good progress, and um, and with this kind of focus on main, maintaining these environments, it just allows for far greater scope for learning. So, thank you, thank you, Matthias. Do you have anything to add to that? Oh, I do quite a few. So uh, it, it's incredible to follow up these ladies, right? It's uh, how can you add to this discussion and still be relevant? So let me bring basically two things to the table, right? Uh, uh, both uh, Elka and, and Willa talk about this, right? So the safety security, it, it's paramount. Uh, if you talk to CIOs globally on education, that's the worry number one, right? And with COVID, that challenge became even bigger because we are not in school anymore, right? Our house is the school. The, the, the Jockey Plaza example that I put in Peru is, is the school. Grandparents' house is the school. The bus that I'm taking that have connectivity becomes the school. So, so one thing that I would like to kind of highlight over here is not only the technology needs to be safe and secure, and for us at HP, that's a priority. We aim to provide the most safe and secure both PCs and printers globally, exactly to mitigate that kind of a hacking that Elka was talking about, that somebody that is trying to get into it and take advantage of that situation, or just that, that, that the, uh, the, the vulnerability, right, that, it, that it's in there. But not, not only that, that, that kind of a perspective on it, is that communities needs to be part of that. The house needs to be an extension of the school. Grand 
pause house needs to be an extension of that. So we need to think now a little bit bigger than we thought before, then keep our environment safe and secure, which before was the school. Now we need to keep keep kids and teachers, right? That that experience safe and secure all the time. So uh, I invite you guys to extend uh, safety and security policies, guidelines that you're doing, get the parents involved, train them as well, make them part of the solution. Don't keep them out of that because again, huh, education now happens every area. We want to make sure that they're using the right technology with the right safety and security protocols, mental health, which is extremely important. And Willa, you talk about the Northern uh, communities right in, in, in Canada. Without going too far away from Miami and New Mexico in indigenous communities, in the United States, they still face exactly the same problem. And one, one of the, the key learnings that I had when I was working with them there is that the kids that do not feel safe and secure will underperform. And, and the school was being penalized because, because funding comes from how good you're doing the grades, like Dwayne said. Uh, if I memorize this one, I'm going to get a good grade. How can a kid that doesn't feel safe and secure think about, oh, let me learn math today? if their minds are on a completely different spot. So we have the responsibility, right, of helping our communities to design the safe and secure environment that now is going to be breaching out of the schools and involving every single learning spot and open that to basically everywhere to be part of our uh, focus as well. So, so uh, yeah, check it out. Talk to parents. Talk to grandpa. Go to the mall and ask them, hey, how can we make sure that we can provide, right, the connected, uh, accessible equity for everybody, right? And it's safe and secure all the time. Because again, if they're safe and secure, well, they cannot put the focus on getting better at what they're trying to learn. Thank you. And Dwayne, can you wrap us up on this question? Sure. And and um, again, permit me if you will, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little bit older than I look, but I'll tell a story from my childhood. So I used to have to take these things called a maxi taxi. It's a small bus, sits about 12 people. And when I would hop out of the maxi taxi, the biggest challenge that I had was that there were some really rough kids in my neighborhood that were always waiting to rob me. And not just me, but anybody else that come off. So I would have to run around the side, down into a river, a dry river, down the bank onto the dry river, and come back around past a couple of dogs through a really rough part of town before I got home. And connected to what Willa and Mateus we're saying is this really challenged my sense of security. And so what happens? Well, my prefrontal cortex is sort of where all my thinking is happening. But once that happens, it, it really triggers my limbic system. There's a, an almond-sized uh, piece there called the amygdala, and it sends cortisol all down through my body. And once the cortisol is flowing through my body, I become hyper-reactive. It becomes very, very difficult to learn, and I become very, very hyper-reactive because I'm really worried about my safety. My brain is actually working really, really well. What does this have to do with cybersecurity? Well, as we talk about you know, the connection and we talk about school expanding beyond the walls, we have to realize that many of the kids that we're going to talk about, they have one of these. And in here, we have massive amounts of information coming, and a lot of that information we're not necessarily prepared to deal with not just the speed, but the amount and where the information comes from. So interestingly enough, um, probably about 50% of all the messages around COVID-19 are from bots, not human beings, but bot accounts. If we look at Twitter, Twitter has approximately 330 million users, about 49.5 
1.5 million users as of 2018 were bots. One bot was recorded at putting out 9 million messages. If I go through my Twitter and I notice that somebody is really argumentative about anything that I say, depending on where it is, I can go in and I can realize that that account might have been joined in 2010. They joined Twitter, but they have three followers. And for some strange reason, they do a really good job at retweeting and arguing with everybody, regardless of the size. And so why is that important? That's important because our kids, our students, as well as our teachers, as well as our parents, are exposed to this. And this impacts the safety. If we feel attacked or we feel that there is some level of negativity and despair coming at us all the time, it becomes very, very difficult to learn. And so when we think about cybersecurity, I think one of the really important components back to, to what Elka was talking about was really connecting with the human side of it. The human side is how does the brain learn? And that's a really critical part of cybersecurity. The reason that you fall for phishing, it's a psychological trick. So one big part of cybersecurity really has to do with the psychology. I firmly believe that the future of education is human-led, purpose-driven, and technology-augmented. So how do we make sure that when we think about cybersecurity, that we're leading with the human experience first, and then we go get the screwdriver and the hammer? Thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining this CompuGen podcast. Should you need additional educational information or resources, please visit www.compugen.com forward slash education. Or you can reach me directly at aveneziano at compugen.com and I would be more than happy to assist. Until next time, keep well and stay safe.